Welcome to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Olaomi Brigway, a transformational life coach and the creator of Super Abundant Woman, where we are teaching and equipping women who have a burning desire for significance to create an exceptionally successful and fulfilling life without burnout or stress. In the not too distant past, I myself was trapped in an agonizing cycle of failure and shame with my mind constantly dominated by negative emotions. But my life was dramatically transformed beyond my wildest dreams when I began to live by the power and the wisdom of God's word. My mission is to teach others to experience the same. On the Super Abundant Life podcast, we have only one goal teach and empower Christians to take full advantage of their rights and privileges in Christ so they can build exceptionally successful lives. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Does it feel like you spend all your time fighting fires? Like a conveyor belt, urgent demands keep showing up that dominate your time, your attention, and your resources. As a result, you repeatedly find yourself interrupting or even deferring long-term plans in order to extinguish new fires. Because you keep moving from one thing to the next, you tend to leave things half done and patched up Consequently, these problems tend to find their way back into your space and sometimes they come back much worse. This is what is called the firefighter mentality. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what this means, why problems keep re-emerging in our lives, the same old problems over and over again, and how we can actually break that cycle. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Alaomi Brigway and welcome to episode 77, where, as I said in the intro, I'm going to be talking about the firefighter mentality. And I'm really excited about this one. I'm very excited about this one because, 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 because I used to live my life like this. Honestly, this was one big, gigantic problem for me, uh, mainly because I'm the kind of person that is a visionary. I tend to always look, you know, one, two, three, four, five, ten, twenty years in advance. I tend to I, I live more <laughs> I live more in the future than I live in the present because of my personality. That is just the way I'm wired. So it takes deliberate effort for me to actually live in the present. So as a result of that, um, it was very difficult for me to actually stick with one thing and see through 
to a good completion before something else catches my attention or there's another fire that needs to be put out, etc. So I've lived this, all right? The, with the help of God, <laughs> to a certain degree, I've been able to overcome this firefighter mentality. And I'm hoping that by sharing what I know about this, today that it will also help you and you will go it will go a long way in helping you and teaching you to live a different way because to be honest with you being a firefighter and i'll go into all this in detail in a minute is a very unproductive way to live it is and you don't have to be like that you can't you don't have to say well that's who i am that's who i am no we're supposed to keep growing in christ right and we can actually break this cycle it's very simple i'm going to be showing you how to do that you can break this cycle by simply taking a more strategic approach to solving problems that you encounter at work and in your life okay it doesn't always have to be fly by the seat of your pants it doesn't always have to be oh there's a fire boom going on there let's go and direct all our resources oh okay we've put that out okay before you even let's say right how do we prevent this fire from happening again there's another fire boom that's not it so you keep jumping from thing to thing from project to project from one area of your life to another without really really taking an area of your life and making sure that it is superbly prosperous the way god would have you do and in my in my mentoring program super Bona woman that is actually the the i was going to say the philosophy <laughs> i guess i can use that word that's the the that's the only word that's coming to me now actually that's the philosophy <laughs> behind behind Saul that's a vision maybe I should say vision vision sounds better than philosophy behind Saul it is essentially we we don't neglect any area of our lives and we don't do all areas of our lives at the same time so over the course of a year we go through we take one area per time and we try and go deep into it we try and do things to help us set us up for success in that one area being absolutely focused then you move on to the next and the next and the next i found that to be very very effective and a much more productive way to live in general so that's what i'm going to be talking about today the firefighter mentality trust me you do not want to live your life in that firefighting zone okay so what do i let me explain in 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 more detail what i mean by the firefighter mentality as you heard in the intro it is essentially where things keep popping up right it's like a conveyor belt and the truth of the matter is we all you will always have problems to solve you always have crises you always have things that need your attention and things that will demand your attention so something happened at work something happened at department something happened here there will always be something why because we live multi-dimensional lives if it's not at work it is the marriage if it's not in the marriage it is the children if it's not the children it is the finances if it's not the finances it is the parents that are saying you don't call me and the, the, the. so there's always stuff going on because we live such multi-dimensional lives now where it becomes a problem is if everything is vying for your attention as a result of that you are sort of hopping from thing to thing without really digging deep into anything so you are like operating at surface level for pretty much everything in your life everything is at surface level so yes your kids are not running haywire right uh, they're doing okay at school it's like you're not you know really saying okay 
okay, this the six months of this year, or three months of this year, I'm just going to go all out and focus on my kids and make sure they have the routines, they have the grounding, etc., etc. Or I'm going to take time and just focus on my finances and just make sure that we set everything up. And once it begins to run on autopilot, then you can go to something else. So you never really dig deep to resolve something and bring it to a good conclusion. It's always been dealt with at the surface level so you move from one major outbreak you're dealing with this one once it calms down a little bit mind you it hasn't been completely resolved you've just sort of taken the the pressure off a little bit that thing is still simmering it's like a fire isn't it so it's still simmering under the surface and the time is coming when it's going to explode again so you go from major outbreak to major outbreak and you respond to each one with high energy but as soon as the fire is out as soon as it simmers a little bit never mind that you haven't completely put it out right it's still sort of you know it's only a matter of time before the wind blows it again and boom there's an explosion again but as soon as the the urgency is gone you abandon it and you move on to the next one even though you know within your heart that this thing is still a problem I haven't resolved this problem. I've only just moved on to something that is more urgent. So essentially, what are you doing? You keep hacking off the leaves while you are leaving the roots intact. So imagine, I'll give you an example, actually. <laughs> um, last summer, I think it was last summer. So last year um, or early this year, I think it must have been last year. So a year ago, there's a beautiful willow tree near my house on that clothes and it's oh my goodness as it, it makes the clothes it's like a cul-de-sac and it just the tree being there just makes everything beautiful as in everyone that comes loves the tree it's just so stunning and there was one <laughs> one very fierce <laughs> demonic wind that came and just literally sliced that tr tree in two and just, we literally woke up one day, I looked out my kitchen window, oh my God, what's happened to this tree? And the thing was, you know, obviously bent over, etc. And so the tree, tree surgeons had to come and they basically just chopped everything off and cut it down. And I was like, as I saw it, I, I, do you know I prayed for that tree? I said, no, you must not die. I said, you must not die. Okay. Now I'm not saying it's my prayer and I'm not saying it's not my prayer. That's not the point. I know my prayer had an effect because it always does, but that's not the point I'm making. The point is when you looked at this tree, people that came to visit later on, that, oh, that beautiful tree, what happened? They said, oh, it's one, one year, year wind that came and just came and destroyed that tree, etc., etc. People like, oh, that tree was so nice. But somehow, somehow I knew that that tree was going to come back. Why? Because it was still rooted it was still rooted it was in the ground it was connected to the earth it had access to sunlight it had access to water to nutrients the root was in the ground and true 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 a year later that tree is alive it is well it is blossoming again in fact you know is where maxine and i go and take pictures sometimes because it's just so beautiful so if you want to take pictures outside <laughs> we go and stand under the tree and it's back the tree is back so that's what i'm saying so you may hack away at the leaves at the effect of the symptoms right but you know within yourself that that thing is still rooted and therefore it's going to come back it's going to come back let me give you an example so someone knows 
that their financial situation is, if I can use the word, very sick. It's not, it's not well. Things are not right, right? Things are not, you, you sort of know that every now and then a crisis pops up so let's say there's there are urgent bills like the mortgage has to be paid by the end of the month the rent is coming due by the end of the month or whatever it is or the school fees or whatever it is and you know leading up to that you're like hyperventilating and you're making you're running around you're making sure everything is done blah 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 and at the last um um minute you just you pray you push you fast you do everything you pay the bill right and you're like, but you know, but you know that you know that you know that you know that that is not the end of that problem. You have dealt with it on the surface. You have removed the urgency of it, but you know it's still simmering and there's an explosion coming up again. So it might not be the next month where the mortgage or the rent is due again. It might be three months down the line where there you go, there's another thing and then you can't pay again. That's what I mean. Or for example, in someone's marriage, they know that the, the root of this marriage, there's something wrong. It's not quite right, right? But you only ever talk about it when there are arguments. When katakata bursts, as we say in Nigeria, eh? you wait until katakata bursts and then when that happens, the shouting, the arguing, the la la, that you always do this, you always la la, la la, then you talk about it and they're like, okay, fine, sorry, sorry, sorry. And you sort of, you know, go back to normal, but you know that it is only a matter of time before something else happens because you haven't really taken the time to say, okay, let's sit down and let us really dig deep and try and, you know, bring this situation before God and let him heal us and teach us what we ought to do. So you haven't really taken, taken that step. Okay. That is what I mean by the firefighter mentality. And the thing of it is if someone has that kind of mentality, you would just literally find yourself drained most of the time right why shouldn't you have a firefighter mentality because someone might say well if that has crop up i will just fight it and and deal with it and then just move on to the next one but no it actually ends up being a lot of wasted energy without really truly achieving anything great at the end of the day so if someone has a firefighter mentality they they are always on the go all right they are oh they are always doing something always if you look at their calendar it is always full but if you look at their level of productivity it is usually very low so low to medium now if they put all that effort into actually bring strategic in their problem solving their productivity will be off the charts so it leads to burnout right number one it leads to burnout right someone that has that kind of mentality where you're just going from things to things because things will always come up and as i will show you later on in the podcast it is not even every fire that you're supposed to put out not every fire deserves your attention because even if you do that it will create more problems in the long run so number one it leads to burnout number two if you're the kind of leader and we're all leaders right whether it is our work whether it is your your children that you're leading whatever it is if you are the kind of leader that has a firefighter mentality your team will be underdeveloped because you're always doing everything you're the one that wants to do everything you're the one that must you know sit in every meeting you're the one that wants you know make sure that blah 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 and all that so you you want to be the one to to do everything 
if there's a problem that comes up, you don't entry, don't delegate. You don't allow people bring their own ideas to the table. It doesn't mean that you are aloof and you never know what's going on. Obviously, you need to have oversight. But I'm talking about where you take ownership for everything that comes your way, that comes the way of your team. That, that you know, you, you, your people will not ever develop their muscles. It's like doing everything for a child. If you do everything for a child, you're literally crippling that child for life and for the affairs of life. So number one, it leads to burnout. Number two, your team, your children, whoever it is that you're leading will be underdeveloped. Number three, number three, the third reason why you shouldn't have a firefighter mentality is this. There are certain fires, right, that could be hiding a bigger fire that should have captured your interest instead. So, you see, there's, and I'm just going to leave that there because I talk in much more detail about it later on. All right, let me just use a very simple example of what I just mentioned, bailing a child out. So the child, for example, I've shared this on the podcast before. My son at a point kept forgetting things. He was very disorganized. So rather than fight those fires, I just decided, listen, I'm, not, I'm going to step back. I'm not going to fight the fire because I knew that even though it might look as if I'm being an irresponsible mother because the school kept say, calling me and say, yeah, he didn't have this, he didn't have that. And it looked as if I was being irresponsible. I was like, I'm not fighting that fire because I understood that if I kept putting out those fires, then he would never learn to become organized. So there was a more serious problem down the line that if I kept putting out that fire for him, there's a bigger, as in, there's a bigger consequence coming up where his own disorganization was going to cause me a bigger fire. So I would rather leave the small fires now so that the bigger fire never happens. So that's what I mean by that. Okay. So I've showed you what I mean by the firefighter mentality, why you should not have a firefighter mentality. And before I move on, to you know the positive side of this let me just read out some of the symptoms <laughs> of the firefighter mentality just so that you can really really identify yourself in this right um if you are that kind of person all right you could be someone that you may have identified that you were like that but then you've now worked on yourself and you're now you know more inclined to be more strategic or you could be like, I've always been strategic, whatever it is. Hopefully, at least part of this will be a blessing to you. So what are the symptoms? I'm just going to read out. There's several, but there are four key ones that if you can locate yourself in any of these things, then you probably need to listen carefully to what I have to say today because I've been there and it is not a very nice way to live. Okay, it is very frustrating because it will be like putting um, money in a bag full of holes, as the Bible says, or pouring water into a basket. You'll be expending a lot of energy, but not much to show for it at the end of the day. Number one, the first symptom of the firefighter mentality is that you never seem to have enough time or resources to handle the problems that pop up in your environment. That means you're doing too much. Because God gave you 24 hours, he gave me 24 hours, 
he gave everybody same amount of time and he said i will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear so if you constantly find yourself being overwhelmed it means there are certain problems that you have no business going after that's number one so if you're always rushed off your feet it means you're carrying other people's load on top of your own you need to say eh as we say in yoruba eleru do what berue carry your load i tell <laughs> My children, I say, I say it all the time. I say, Larry, burial, yeah, carry your load. It's not, it's not my business. It, that is your fire to deal with. You go and deal with it. Oh, mom, I forgot this. Larry, do what? Burial. Eh? So, if you feel constantly rushed off your feet, constantly overwhelmed, constantly feel like you're doing too much, that is because uh -huh, you are what doing too much. Number two, second symptom of the firefighter mentality you tend to leave things half done you're not the kind of person and this one requires brutal honesty yes if you look back and all you see are a string of how finished projects and this could also be in employment so you go to a workplace and you start there you start very excited and then something happens and you're like oh and then do you understand it's like you you have a dream to progress to do something but maybe a quarter of the way through you just like okay the excitement is gone or whatever it is and you can't really find yourself pushing to get to what you truly want to achieve so if you tend to leave things half done right problems are patched rather than solved i've talked about that the superficial effects are dealt with rather than the underlying causes being dealt with or fixed that means you have you probably i won't say you have you probably have a firefighter mentality the third one is if you find that problems keep popping back up they keep recurring and maybe even coming back stronger or worse you probably have a firefighter mentality simply because of point number two because when the problems popped up the first time you didn't really take the time to go deep you just sort of dealt with it at the peripheral at the surface and then once all the emotions had died down once it was no longer like oh my god what's going on things are sort of calm a little bit again you leave it until the next high energy thing comes up and you start running around again right so if you find that things keep happening so finances always been an issue for the last five years ten years it is yeah you have a firefighter mentality okay um and the fourth symptom is if you always or habitually let me say habitually find yourself choosing urgency over importance over importance so if you look at your calendar go and look at your calendar what is your calendar full of and when I say urgency, it doesn't necessarily mean that you think it's urgent. It might be other people that think it's urgent. They push it on you. You don't want to say no and you go ahead with it anyway. You don't want to let people down. But you know this thing is not adding to your destiny. <laughs> As we used to say back in like, is this thing adding to your destiny? No, don't do it then. Right? It might be important to someone else right and they may try and push it off on you as being urgent as in you have to do it you don't want to say you no know, you take it on but you know that within you you really don't want to do that thing you know that it's not really developing you it's not really adding to your own life right and oh i was listening to a podcast i don't remember which one but someone made a statement that oh my god hit me so hard 
I remember the one now. Um, hit me so hard, I will never forget it. What he said. This was an 80-year-old man that was being interviewed. And he was casting his eye back over his life and everything. And he was asked about how he spent his time. And, you know, balancing family with work. A very successful um, person in his field. And he said he found out one thing. That the only way he could really prioritize his family and and then next his work, etc., etc., was he whenever someone brought an idea or someone brought something for him to do, right? And if he knew within himself that quote unquote it didn't add to his destiny, it wasn't something that was going to move him forward. It wasn't something that he, you know, wanted to do or needed to do. He was going to steal the time from something else that was more important to him or to his family or to his work, etc. But because he was naturally a people pleaser, he always found it difficult to say no to people. But he realized one thing that I can't keep saying no. So do you know what he said? He said this is what he would tell the person. He said, I would love to help you, right? Left to me, listen, this is what I do. I love helping people. However, number one, this for me is not something that I meant to be investing my time and my resources into in this season of my life, number one. And number two, because I can, I'm not the right person to do it for you, I can't do it as good or as well as the right person that you're actually meant to take it to. And that just blew my mind. That you know that you're actually doing people a service. When you say to them, when they bring you stuff to do and you know within yourself that you're not supposed to do it, if you, if you have a problem with saying no to people, think of it this way that if you do it, you might do it, you might commit yourself and do it well, but compare that to someone that was actually meant to do it in the first place. They will blow that thing out of the park. They will be much more excellent in the way they do it compared to you. So by saying no to that person, it is actually an opportunity for them to truly find the right person that's supposed to do it and take it to a level that you would never have been able to take it to simply because you are not the right person to do it. Okay, so choosing urgency or people's demands or whatever it is over what you know to be important. Okay, I'm taking this in, in different stages step by step <laughs> and the next thing that I want to talk about is why do we actually do it why 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 do we tend to have this firefighting mentality when it comes to problem-solving I mean from everything I have read out so far you'll be like ah, why why am I even a firefighter self why do I behave this way right but the truth of the matter is no nobody wants to be a certain kind of way all right there's certain things that lure us into behaving that way for something that is negative and the first so what are the layers why do we end up being firefighters or ad adopting a firefighter mentality or approach towards life the first reason is that there's a sense of it comes with a sense of significance right or approval the feeling of being needed the feeling of being needed yeah if you're always fighting fires and this relates not just to yourself but if you if you're the kind of person that is always fighting people or you no know, putting out other people's fires 
you just you there's a sense of significance knowing that oh i'm the one that helped this person i'm the one that helped that person i'm the one that helped that person i'm the one that helped that person it's good to help people god calls us to help people but you are not called to help everybody so you also have to check your own motive when you keep saying yes and putting out all these fires and volunteering for everything and say i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it you have to check your motive and say why am i really doing this am i doing this because i believe genuinely that i'm supposed to be the person to do this or is there is there some kind of approval that i'm looking for from people that by doing it for them they will approve of me and that is sort of filling some kind of void inside me you have to be you know there's a very thin line between being a generous person and being somebody that is always seeking people's approval and as a result of that they keep doing stuff for people okay so there's a sense of significance or approval that comes with always being the hero the firefighter that comes in and solves the problem and people clap and then do you understand but if the fires you're fighting do not actually contribute to your own purpose if you keep leaving your own lane to go off into the sidelines to go and fight fires do you know what's happening you're actually delaying your own purpose the fulfillment of what god has truly truly called you to do so there's a sense of significance and approval a feeling of satisfaction you know of being needed that people need you oh my children need me i've heard you know um people say like my colleagues or whatever when i was uh, working how maybe those that when they're 40s or something and that kids go to university or something they leave home and they're like i feel so useless i'm like ah, why are you feeling useless this is your time <laughs> you don't have to do school runs you don't have to be dear this is your time enjoy your time enjoy your life you know no kids to worry about in fact they in the conversation now is you know just be gisting and just literally being friends with them at this beautiful stage and at that stage you know me i was probably in my 20s and now they'll be telling me oh the kids have left home and the nest is empty and i feel so useless and basically what they're saying is they 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 derived their own sense of identity or significance from doing stuff for their children and now that their children were gone they felt like who am i if i'm not a mother who am i if i'm not a father who am i no no we do stuff for our kids but we don't we don't do it to to feed our own the void in our own heart so that's number one number two when it comes to you know the reason why we fight fires is you don't you don't either want to be seen as being irresponsible whether by people or by yourself so there's an emotional satisfaction that comes from knowing that at least i'm doing something i gave the example of my son when he was always forgetting stuff and after a while i stopped saying you can you know whatever the school might say you must you will bear the consequence of whatever it is right now People might look at me and say, "Ah, oh, you're not helping him, blah, 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 and all those things. The germs and the emotional satisfaction say, well, I know that the problem is not particularly being solved, but at least I'm doing something. The running around, running around, expending energy just so that people can see that you are doing something or you can appease your own conscience to say that you are doing something. That is one of the very powerful reasons or lures for us to be to be firefighters i'm doing something but you know that the doing something that you're doing is not really solving the problem it's just giving you an emotional satisfaction like at least i'm not just sitting down yeah the third one 
um, is, I, I alluded to this, is response to pressure or judgment from people. So we firefight simply because there are people watching. There are people watching. They pressure us or they may, you know, you want to avoid judgment from people. As a result of that, you go around fighting fires rather than some fires just letting them burn. Okay, so let's take this a little bit deeper now. So I've talked about what firefighting is or the firefighter mentality, what lures us into it, what are the symptoms, what are the effects of living life with a firefighter mentality. So I'm now going to go on to the other half of this, today's episode, where I'm going to talk about, number one, what should it really look like, right? What should be our approach to problem solving, to dealing with the issues that pop up in our lives. How should we really approach it? Number one. And then number two, I'm going to be, I, I will talk, I will talk about how to actually break the cycle. How do you break the cycle? How do you become someone that is strategic rather than emotional or or uh knee jerky that's not a word but that's the only thing i think of at the moment to be strategic rather than knee jerky <laughs> in your approach to solving problems so what should it really look like what should what should life look like now it's interesting that i've used the firefighting analogy right and like I said, um, okay, maybe I didn't say, maybe I just said it in my head, right? The firefighter mentality is not something that I made up, okay? It's actually a term. It's a leadership term, right? So when leaders firefight, I've described what that looks like. They jump from crisis to crisis and never really look at the bottom line and how to grow long term, okay? So it's a leadership term and it might even be a psychology term. I'm not sure about that, right? But the interesting thing about it is we, we are using firefighters as an example. And you only ever see firefighters when there's a fire, right? That's when you see them. But did you actually know? When I saw this, I was like, wow. Did you know that firefighters are more strategic in their approach to firefighting than knee jerky? Okay, bear with me. I'm going to keep using that word because I can't momentarily think of a better word. Even though it's not a word. <laughs> okay. Firefighters, they are strategic. Do you know? And I read the statistics and it says that did you know that professional firefighters spend about 10%, only about 10% of their actual shifts fighting fires? Only about 10%. So it's not like a firefighter goes to work and all day every day they are fighting fires as they come back the thing goes one 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 again and then they rush out again and then no it says professional that is the good ones though it said professional firefighters only spend about 10 percent what do they use the other 90 percent to do how do they spend the rest of their 90 percent the rest of their time the 90 percent it says that they spend that time 90 percent of the time training themselves and others on prevention of fires they spend it strategizing and preparing to fight fires effectively so that when the time came to fight the fire they were ready they were skillful they were excellent at it and they did it well so do you know what that is telling me this is actually how we should approach life right it should it should we should not be going from crisis to crisis to crisis that is an abnormal way of living 
Honestly, it is. It is. All these fly by the seat of your pants before as you are dealing with this one, another one pops up. And then as you deal with that one, another one pops up. That is not normal. It's not normal. It's not good for your mental health to always be at high alert, high energy, and like emotionally strung out all the time. It's not good. The normal state of a Christian, as I always say on this podcast, as the Bible teaches us, is peace and joy. That is where you're supposed to be 90% of the time. If I use the analogy of these firefighters, then maybe 10% of the time, something pops up in your environment that goes, whoa, what is this? And you, you assign your, your resources, then that is when it's okay to defer your resources. You borrow resources from here. You borrow time from here. You borrow money from here. You bo- Do you understand? I don't mean I'm borrowing money from people. But for example, if, God forbid, somebody's health, something happens with their health, they might take money from their savings to divert it towards health and pause whatever they're doing with investment and say, listen, health is more important. That's what I mean by that. So you borrow time, you borrow money, you borrow this to divert it. But imagine if you're doing that 99% of the time as opposed to 10%. So when things sort of punctuate that peace and joy, we're supposed to very quickly get back to a place where we are in peace and joy again. That's how it's supposed to be. That is how God designed our life to be. That is how exactly it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to always be managing crises. No, it's not normal. It's not right. There's no peace. Something's always happening. If it's not the husband that we are fighting at home, it is the uh, rent is due, it is mortgage is due, it is I can't pay this one. If it's not that one, it is this one. If it's not this one, it is stress at work. My boss is doing this, blah, 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 blah. No, that's not normal. So professional firefighters, they only spend 10% of the time fighting fires. So that is, that is where I want you to get to. To the point where only like, Every now and then, something big comes up and you're like, okay. So that way you have the time, you have the headspace to be able to say, okay, I'm going to really face this fire and not just put it out and leave it simmering under the surface. I'm going to stay with it and dig deep and really take it down and know that, okay, I've, I've brought it to the point where, okay, things are generally fine. I have cut off the roots. And even though the effects may still be obvious, but I have dealt with the roots and it's only a matter of time before it completely dies out. That is how we're supposed to approach life. That is the norm. That is the standard as Christians, as sons of the Most High God. Okay? So finally now, I'm going to be talking about how can you be more strategic in your approach to solving problems? How can you get to the point where it is only about 10% of your life that you spend attending to problems or crises, right? Only 10%, the re- many 90%, you have time, you have the headspace to build. For example, Nehemiah, the Bible talks about Nehemiah went back to go and build the wall of Jerusalem, right? When he got there, some people rose up against him. They were trying to dissuade him, blah, 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 right? But it says that there was only a portion of time when they, they held 
you know, they, they were at high alert because the enemy was coming to come and stop them from building that wall and they knew that war or a battle could break out at any time. But it wasn't all the time. There was a time where they were free to build the wall and everything was fine. That's what I'm trying to say. So we shouldn't always be at high alert, like you're solved always, always like crisis, 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 right? So if you follow this advice, and these are the things that I have learned over the years, because I started this podcast by saying and being absolutely truthful that this is how I used to live my life, because I would never really go deep with anything, because I'm always like, okay, let's do that one, okay, let's do that one, okay, I'm doing that one, and I, I just, I had so many unfinished things in my life, God just pulled my ear one day, I said, S sit down, okay, what is all this? <laughs> Like, no, and then it was years ago. Since then, the phrase came to me. I think I, I think I even saw it on someone's T-shirt. Like, I'm talking probably 12, 13 years ago. Okay, I have started, so I will finish. No, the T-shirt said I have started, so I will finish. I added strong to it. So I have started, so I will finish strong. And I've been using that phrase as my signature right for 12 13 years and it became what regulates my life so i if you are going to do something don't don't start it if you know you're not going to finish strong so okay um, i'm going to share with you how you can be more strategic in your problem solving and if you keep gradually applying these things that I'm going to share with you, you will very you will gradually, you know, draw close to the point where 90% building, 10% attending to crisis or fighting off an enemy or something, right? 90% building. Imagine building for 90% of the time. Imagine how far you would go compared to if you're fighting off the enemy 90% of the time and you're only building 10% of the time. Okay? So number one. The first one, I think I have one, two, three, I think I have four. I have four, three or four strategies for you. Uh, ways to become more strategic in your approach to problem solving. The first one is this, okay? Something pops up, boom. And listen, if you're in a position where 90% or 80% or 70% of your time at the moment is spent, you know, solving problem. One problem pops up, one problem pops up, blah, 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 blah. Okay? So you can start from where you are. Okay? Now, the first thing is carefully assess the situation. So something pops up in your environment. So let's say, for example, something pops up. Okay, I don't want to name, actually, I just got a check now. Not to name an area because it will, I don't want to trivialize any area because the person listening to me, you listening to me, that might be the area that you are supposed to focus on. But if I trivialize it, it might sound like, oh, maybe I shouldn't focus on that. So I'm not going to name any area. But basically, carefully assess your situation, okay? And ask yourself this question. Will taking your eyes off what you're focusing on now to solve this new problem lead to a much bigger and threatening problem later. 
So you may have decided that, okay, I'm going to focus on this area of my life. I'm going to, you know, spend my time in the evenings when I come back from work. I'm going to invest two hours or whatever it is to do this or all the money that we save. This is what we're going to use it to do. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know, right? You've, you have a plan. So you want to grow a particular area of your life. And you said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend time with my children and just sit down every day after work and just blah, 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 blah. Okay. So that's an example. You have a mid to long-term plan of how you want to build something. And there's something that seems to be urgent. That's saying fire, 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 fire comes up and shows up. And you're like, and this thing, remember, will require you to take the resources, whether it's the time, the money, the headspace, or whatever it is, from this long-term plan that you have to divert it to go and put out that fire. The first question I'm going to I'm asking you to, to ask yourself is if I take my eyes off what I'm building now, what I'm focusing on now, in order to solve this new problem, will it lead to a much bigger and threatening problem later? And I'm going to teach from, I'm going to show you from the Bible how this, you know, how this happens and how you can apply it to your own life as well. So it's the story of Jesus and Lazarus. And I'm going to read from John chapter 11. It says, so two sisters, Mary and Martha, sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Talking about Lazarus. But listen, it says, when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it is. it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of Man will receive glory from this. So Jesus was like, okay, I can see this fire that has popped up. They say, fire, fire, fire. Lazarus is sick. Come now, come now, come. That's what they were saying. They went, it wasn't, it wasn't FYI. <laughs> it wasn't, okay, Jesus, FYI, Lazarus is not very well. No, they were like, come now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like, be coming, coming, come, be coming now, 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 now. Come and heal him. Because remember when Jesus showed up later, both Mary and Martha said, if you had been here, if you had. So they, want, they were basically saying, come now. But Jesus didn't go. Why? Because Jesus assessed the situation. And I'll show you something shortly. He assessed the situation, the fire that had been started. And he said, I know where this is going to end up. All right. He's not going to die. Okay. It might look like, ah, ah, this thing is just going to, you know, Jesus said, I, you know, and the only way this, you know, the only way you can really operate by this is if you constantly ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. Because the truth of the matter is when things pop up in our environment, you need something called foresight and also insight to be able to know that, no. Even though people are pressuring me, even though everybody say, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. Even though people are saying, ah, this is the best opportunity. You need the Holy Spirit to open your eyes, to know that, no, I'm not, I'm, no, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, but no, thank you. To say, mm -mm, I, I, I know that you're saying everything in my head is saying, go and do it now, urge it, urge it, urge it. But if you have the ability to be able to see by the eyes of the spirit and this is available to you is available to me as sons of most high god okay so don't say only jesus had it no i have it you have it just as the holy spirit okay so if you need to take an hour to go and sit still somewhere and say holy spirit 
I know that this thing just looks urgent. I know that the pressure is much, but sh what should I do? Should I, should I stay back or should I, should I engage in this thing? Develop that kind of habit. So Jesus looked at the situation with Lazarus, even though the alarm bells were going one, one, one. They said, come now, come now. He said, no, 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 I'm not going. Because it says that he, he stayed in that place where it was for the next two days. He looked at it and said, even though it looks extremely urgent, but don't worry, this, it, 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 this problem is going to fizzle out. Okay? Everything is going to be fine. Without me immediately jumping in to solve this problem, it will still end well. Jesus had that kind of foresight. He had that kind of insight to be able to judge that matter and say, I don't have to get involved at this stage. And I know that everything will still work out right. As a leader, you need that. You need that. In fact, something like allowing people to make their own mistakes because you know at the end of the day, it's going to benefit that person more to make that mistake and learn from the mistake rather than jumping in to help them. So Jesus had that. Now listen to what I'm saying here. Why I said, if you jump in and you go and help, it could actually create a worse problem later on. He says, finally, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea, to where Lazarus was. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Do you know what Jesus spent those two days, go, uh, two days that he stayed behind doing? He was literally winning the battle over the trap of Satan. Satan was ready to kill Jesus. He would have killed him prematurely. So he, he just had rushed out to go and put out that fire of Lazarus being sick prematurely Satan would have killed him and I'm not going to go into all this if you read the rest of it Jesus said when you walk when you're in the light nothing can happen to you but if you're in darkness if you step out they will catch you he said it he said listen I needed this time to break into light concerning this situation nobody can touch me now because I have settled it in my heart that it is not yet my time to die he there was a bigger problem hiding behind that problem so if he had rushed out to say, ah, Lazarus, I'm coming, I'm coming to save you. And then he went, do you understand? They would have just garaged him and killed the guy before, mobbed him, stoned him when he was supposed to have died on the cross. So there was a bigger problem lurking and with the help of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was able to see that. No, no, no. I'm going to let this particular fire burn. Yeah because there's a bigger fire at the end of it if i try to solve this particular problem and that's what jesus did so that is the first thing the second thing the second way that you can be more strategic in problem solving is this carefully weigh your options and don't start something that you know you're unlikely to finish Carefully weigh your options and don't start something that you know that you're unlikely to finish. And when I say know that you're unlikely to finish, it's not, it may not come to you automatically. You may need to sit down, take a day and say, okay, this fire is raging and everything inside me is saying, go for it, go for it, go and do it, go and do it, go and do it, go and solve the problem, blah, 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 blah. Or people are pressuring you. You may need to sit back and say, Will I finish this thing? This thing that I'm about to start. Do I have what it takes 
to be able to finish it. Because remember, the firefighter mentality prompts people to always jump in, start something and never really finish it because they keep jumping from fire to fire. In Luke 14, if you know me, if you hear me, you at one point hear me quote this scripture. It's one of the most profound scriptures in the Bible. One of the most profound things that Jesus said. Everything he said was profound, but me, I just love this one. Luke 14, Jesus said, don't begin anything until you count the cost. He says, for who would begin construction of a building or a tower without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. So this might actually present itself in the form of opportunities. So this fire might be an opportunity like, oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do that. Oh, let's do this. And then you just jump, sort of jump on board without first of all thinking, do I have the time? Do I have the resources? Do I have the money? Do I have the headspace to commit to this thing? If it's no, don't do it. Don't do it. Because remember, it is not meant for you. Be honest. It might even be a thing of season. It may just be that season. Honestly, it may just be that season. Wait until the next season. When the seasons of your life change, you might, that opportunity, if it's yours, it will still be there waiting for you. But do you know why you shouldn't just jump into things and leave them half done? People say, yeah, but at least I'm trying. No, because you will live behind a string of failures. And that in itself is not good for you because it will just keep reinforcing the fact that, oh, I never finished anything. Oh, I'm never really good at anything. Oh, I'm, do you understand? You don't want to live behind a string of failures and unfinished projects. It's not good for your self-image. You will see yourself as someone that dabbles, as a dabbler, that you never finish anything. Huh? And do you also know why this is extremely important? Not to just jump on something. So someone comes and say, oh, there's something happening. And you say, oh, I'll help you. But without you, <laughs> without really considering it that, oh my God, you've said, yes, you will help the person. Oh yes, I'll take on this project. Oh yes, I'll do this for you. Oh yes, I'm going to do this. And then you realize, oh my God, how am I going to ever do this? I have so much going on in my own life. I have so much going on in this area that I've committed to already. Then you realize that, ah, it's either you do a shoddy work just to get it done or you disappoint the person or you disappoint yourself in something that you commit to. That's not good. Jesus said, don't do it. Count the cost first. So be the person that will say, give me a week or give me a day, however long you need. Let me go and think about this. Let me count the cost. Will I have the time? Will I have the space? Will I have whatever it is to be able to commit to this and to finish strong? The other reason is if you don't have the resources to bring it to a satisfactory conclusion, you were never meant to do it in the first place. It is not every opportunity that God sent your way. Uh-uh. It is not every opportunity that God sent your way. There was a time when they wanted to go and force Jesus to become king. Just said, King, go, King Ni. And he just he just said, No. He said he hid from them. Because he was not anointed to be a physical king here on earth. 
he probably would not have lasted a week. Somebody somewhere would have just removed the sword somewhere and killed him. Joseph, he was not anointed to be king on earth. So he's like, no, no, thank you. And he ran. He hid away. He ran away from the person, from people. Let me read this scripture to you. Romans 12 says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Oh my God, I love that scripture. He didn't just say do certain things. He says do it well. There's a grace upon your life to do a certain thing well. It's not everything you can do well. There's someone that will do it better than you. So be humble enough to say, well, I don't want to disappoint you. I want to help you. However, I'm not the right person for the job. And how do I know I'm not the right person? Because I've counted the cost and there's no way I'm going to be able to do this properly. So let me just, you know, politely decline and free up the space for someone that will be able to do it well to come into your life. That's, we, we have to look at it like that. He says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well, etc., etc." It's basically saying, find your lane, stay in your lane, and there's grace there waiting for you to be able to do it well. If you keep jumping onto lanes that God never called you to, you will not finish. And even if you finish, you won't finish well. You just do it anyhow, and you wouldn't really shine in that particular endeavor. Not every problem that comes into your space is yours to solve. Seriously, I'll give you a very trivial example, but it's a powerful example. I'm the kind of person that I love things in their place, right? I don't like to spend mental energy looking for things because it drains me. If I, there's something missing, I will not rest until I find it. Even if I'm not going to use the thing until a year's time, the fact that I don't know where it is, my mind is not, I must find that thing. <laughs> That's a, I must find it. So when I got married, oh, and my husband likes to just keep things in different places. <laughs> He'll come back, put his keys here, put his wallet there, put his ID card here, and in the morning, in the morning, oh, you know, I say, hey, have you found, have you seen my keys? Have you seen my, and me in the early, early um, months of marriage, I used to get very agitated because I'll be like, oh my God, you can't find your keys. Oh, you're going to be late. And I'll be helping him look for it. I'll be running around. And the person that's looking for it, the keys, oh, the person that owns the key, that owns the ID card and the wallet, he's relaxed. He's like, oh, he's just trolling through the house, trying to look for it. Me, I'm agitated. I'm like, oh, where is it? You'll be late because... I don't like not knowing when things are. Ah, after a while, God said, hey, you will just go and quench for nothing. You better. He taught me, he said, no, 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 no. This is not your fire to put out. Wakapas. I'm telling you, God told me wakapas. Wakapas. Right? Because you, you, you handle things in a different way. To him, he will always find it and he will never be late. But you, you have worked yourself up in a frenzy right in every single day imagine for for 25 15 20 minutes every day getting to high stress levels because i'm looking for my husband's keys so after a while, i trained myself to not fight the fire so when he says have you seen my kids oh, no i've not seen it too. and then i tried to help. i said why don't you every time you come back you know i i created a space i said just put it here so that every morning you know exactly where to go and find it but hey he never did it so 
I just walk past. Have you seen my kids? Oh no, I haven't seen them. And me, I've gone. I've moved on. I see it doesn't affect me anymore because I know, like Jesus said, Jesus said, "Listen, it will not end in death." Even though Lazarus died, though, he knew that the end of the matter, Lazarus would be fine. So I knew that he would be fine. By experience, I had learned that he would be fine. He would find it. He would never be late. But me, I would have become so stressed that it could even ruin my own day because I'm like, oh my God, I feel so stressed. I feel so stressed. So I'm like, I just want to pass. Oh, I haven't seen it. All. And that's the end of the discussion. For he knows that he won't ask me. If he says once, have you seen it? And I say, oh, I haven't seen it. All. I think the last time I saw it, it was blah, blah, blah. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. The third one. The third one. Prioritize by ranking the problems or the things that come into your space based on the value they will ultimately add to your life. Okay? So don't just automatically say, oh, this, this thing is happening. So if you, especially if you have different things that pop up at the same time. Right? There's only one of you. And you remember your goal is to do something well, to finish strong. So instead of saying, okay, I'm just going to do everything at the same time, I'm blah, 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 just think of it. Which one is more important? Which one is going to add the most value to my life? Okay? If you do this, you will easily realize that sometimes you've just got to let some fires burn. Why? Because if that one fire fails, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. And that's what Jesus was teaching Martha when he said that. Let me read that in Luke chapter 10. He says that Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. So she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But Jesus replied, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about right now. Mary discovered it and it will never be taken away from her. Meaning in that particular situation, Mary had recognized that even though there's cooking to be done, even though there's this, there's this, there's this, the most important activity that, you, that um, deserves and requires my time, my effort, my headspace, etc. In this moment, he's sitting at the feet of Jesus because that's what's going to ultimately add the best value to my life. And guess what? The other one, if they didn't eat, it was not the end of the world. It may have meant that they'll eat a bit later or people will go home hungry and go and eat in their house. It was not the end of the world. So it wasn't like somebody had died. Just that. It was just food. And was Jesus saying, oh, don't spend time cooking? Did Jesus not go to people's houses and they cooked for him? Many times. Did Jesus eat? Yes. So food was important. But in that moment, if they didn't eat, if they spent all night just feeding on what Jesus was saying, it was going to add much more value and they were not going to die from not eating in one day. Do you understand that? Those, that one is pretty straightforward. And the last one is very simple. The fourth one, the fourth way to be more strategic in your approach to problem solving. So this is um, particularly for a situation whereby, whereby, let's say a particular area of your life, things keep popping up, but you only ever just cut off the leaves and then you wait until it comes up again. So like I said in the beginning, it could be finances. Where you know that, okay, rushing to go and do this. Why don't we, between the time of the, of, between the fires, between the crises, what can we put in place, okay, to actually deal with this thing? 
And the fourth one is be the tortoise, not the hare. Right? And you know the fable about the tortoise and the hare. So it's basically that the hare, who is very quick, was always ridiculing the tortoise, who is very slow. So because the tortoise became very tired, you know, of, of the hare's arrogant behavior, what did he do? He decided to challenge the hare to a race. All right? So they started the race and boom, like firefighter, the, the hare just, sp you know, um, sprang into action and ran. Right? So he, <laughs> he leaves the tortoise behind and because he's so confident of winning, halfway through, he decides to take a nap. Like, see, he's even only two inches away from the starting line. You're never going to get there. Let me just lie down here and take a nap. So basically, everything has to be high energy. If it's not high energy, if it's not boom, 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 then I'm not interested. That's the firefighter mentality. So he takes a nap, but when he wakes up, he finds that his competitor, the tortoise, has actually slowly but steadily arrived before him. So what does that mean? Don't allow emotional triggers get you off that slow but sure sure path that's going to lead you to victory right that's going to lead you to victory so for example someone says i want to i want to in fact i this is something i heard someone t say to me once not about me they were just talking generally about their own life and they were basically saying all oh, this one of you know um let's save 10 percent. let's do this one let's do this one uh, me i'm only interested in the big deals all right i'm only interested in big opportunities not okay 10 percent. it was even you know rec very recently you know where we friends from from university and we're talking etc like no, i'm only interested in you know this you know just you know the big deal that would save 10 percent save and i and i look and i said but you do know you do realize that there's so much evidence particularly in finances that if you actually take the slow and steady approach that you end up being a millionaire compared to only ever looking for big deals right only and then you you say oh this is only i'm only looking for an opportunity that's going to give me 100 percent return but you never find that opportunity and even when you do because it's too good to be true you lose money that's what i'm saying emotional triggers slow and steady wins the race slow and steady wins the race there's no way around it and I'm going to finish this off by giving you a final example from my own life. When my husband and I got married, you know, I've shared this before. I'm very open about these things, not because I like sharing these things, because me, I'm a very private person. But if he's going to help someone, so be it. We had issues around parenting because we had completely opposite parenting styles. All right. And basically it was at first the firefighting mentality so when something happened it was like boom there's explosion like argue but da, 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 but i don't like the way you do it and then we found out that the fires were getting more and more frequent more and more frequent where it's supposed to be 10 percent versus 90 percent of no fires he was gradually from 10 percent to 20 percent to almost every week or twice a week, there's something happening that causes an argument regarding parenting. So we decide that no, ah, this is not how we were raised. This is not how Jesus raised you. This is not how Jesus raised me. So let us go back to how Jesus raised us. 
and we decided listen slow and steady slow and steady so we devised a plan we sat down we said let us go to the root of this matter let us invest time as in um sustained amount of time just so it's not you you don't only deal with the matter when pff, there's an explosion if there's no explosion in times of peace it's actually the best time to build in between the explosions because by the time the next explosion or the next fire comes up it doesn't it doesn't burn with the same intensity why because you had been doing something in between but a lot of people only deal with things when there's a fire and in between they do nothing so we decided okay even though we at the point of saying we're going to do something about this we don't yet see eye to eye but the important thing is at least we're going to gradually get to the point where we will see eye to eye and even if there are fires or conflicts along the way the intensity was getting progressively smaller until to the point where we were in full agreement and and all the fires were out forever so that's what i mean <laughs> i hope that's helped you i hope that's helped you um and i will see you next time this has been allowing me breakaway thank you and bye